0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to The Painful Truth. I'm Tony Payne. Great to have you here again this week for another exciting episode and a slight change of pace this week. We're going to talk about prayer and, in particular, the Book of Common Prayer, which I've been using recently to structure my personal prayer times and Bible times. I don't know what your normal pattern is for reading the Bible and praying, I find that I need to change it up every now and then just to keep things fresh in terms of the way I do it, in terms of how I structure my prayers and read the Bible and so on. And recently, I've been using the Book of Common Prayer for this. I kind of fudge my way around it a bit, and I alternate between using the, the structure of the morning and evening prayer services, or sometimes I use the, the Word section of the communion service, Sometimes I've even prayed through the litany, which is an interesting exercise in itself. Overall, it's been a really enriching and edifying thing to do in a number of ways, not least because of the power and precision and depth of so many of the prayers. Here, for example, is the special prayer set down for this week. That's the Collect, as it's called, for Whit Sunday or Pentecost Sunday and for the days following. And this is a kind of slightly modernized version, but I've tried to keep or capture the rhythms and metaphors of the original prayers. It goes like this. God, who at this time taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending to them the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by this same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things. And evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through the merits of Christ Jesus, our Saviour, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the same Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Now, this is going to be one of those painful truth episodes where it's probably going to be easier to read the prayers and see them in front of you than just to listen to them. And so I'm going to read each one twice so that you can. Capture just the depth of what's going on here. Here we go with that prayer again. God, who at this time taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending to them the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by this same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through the merits of Christ Jesus our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the same Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Like so many of the BCP prayers, there's just a simple request in the middle of this prayer that by the Spirit we might have a right judgment in all things and that we'd rejoice in the Spirit's ministry to us. But this fairly simple request is surrounded and supported by a rich theological frame. In fact, there's almost a complete biblical theology in there. I don't know whether you noticed but there's the promise of Jesus to send the comforter to enlighten his people and the coming of that Spirit at Pentecost to do just that in the hearts of those who have faith. And it finishes with the living reign of Jesus, the King and Saviour, who in the unity of the Spirit is the God of the eternal world to come. And what the prayer asks for is also echoed in the New Testament's teaching about the Spirit when he comes. It connects the illuminating, enlightening work of the Spirit promised by Jesus to Paul's teaching that the gift of the Spirit enables us to know the truth of Christ and to make judgments about all things. That's in 1 Corinthians 2. And it asks for the joy that is so frequently seen as a fruit of the Spirit's presence. And I'm not just thinking of Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit being joy, but those other times such as in Romans 14, 17 or in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 where the joy of the Holy Spirit is talked about. And all of this richness is crammed into one 70-word prayer. In some ways it almost seems a shame that this extraordinary prayer should be prayed only once a year or at least Every day during that week, once a year that follows Whit Sunday or Pentecost Sunday. We don't use the traditional church calendar much these days, and I'm not especially advocating that we do, but it is interesting and encouraging to see how the prayers for the different times of the year are shaped by the biblical events and theology that are being remembered and read about at that time of year in the set readings. So on Ash Wednesday, for example, that's at the beginning of the 40-day period leading up to Easter Day, that's often called Lent, there's this prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing you have made and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, we may receive from you the God of all mercy Perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'll give that to you again. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing you have made and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, we may receive from you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now I can't help thinking that there's a kind of corrective going on in this prayer for the works based asceticism that was often associated with Lent in traditional Catholicism, where you would give up things for Lent, give up meat and so on. In this prayer, the things we must give up during Lent are not the good created things of the world, none of which God hates, but our sins. And in repenting of these sins with a new and contrite heart that God himself has created in us, we receive complete and utter forgiveness from the God of all mercy. It's a beautiful prayer. It's a particularly beautiful prayer for the person who feels worthless and hateful and who can't quite believe that God would show love and mercy even to them. Of course, not all the BCP prayers uh, occasional prayers like this for different times of the year. Many of them get repeated often, sometimes daily, like the famous Collect for Peace that is part of the morning prayer service. It goes like this. O God, who is the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom stands our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defence, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. One more time. O God, who is the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom stands our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, In all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defence, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's a beautiful prayer. It begins with a theological understanding of God's character as the author of peace, as the lover of concord or harmony. It references what Jesus has done and who Jesus is, the mighty and powerful Christ who rules over all. And it explains what our situation is, our eschatological situation, I suppose you could say, in this world, where we've been given eternal life through Christ and we've been liberated to serve God, a beautiful phrase, whose service is perfect freedom, but we remain surrounded and encompassed by enemies and adversaries of different kinds. It's a prayer, in other words, that understands my situation and explains it to me, even as I pray it. And I also smile to myself a little bit as I pray this prayer each day because, like me, God is a lover of Concord, although perhaps it's not Concord Golf Club that the prayer is referring to. The other two prayers or collects that I come back to repeatedly are given at the conclusion of the communion service. They're listed there as prayers that can be used pretty much in any service or on any occasion. Uh, Here's the first one. Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that the words we have heard this day with our outward ears may through your grace be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good living to the honour and praise of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's do that again. Grant, we beseech you, almighty God, that the words we have heard this day with our outward ears may through your grace be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good living to the honour and praise of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I often pray this one after I've finished reading the Bible for the day. And then I go on to pray about those specific things I have heard with my outward ears in the passage, that God would graft them into my heart and bring fruit from them, and also that he would do likewise in the heart of other people that I want to remember and pray for on that day. And then I often conclude with this final prayer before I get on with the business of the day. Go before us, O Lord, in all our doings with your most gracious favour, and further us with your continual help, that in all our works, begun, continued, and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name, and finally, by your mercy, obtain everlasting life, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Go before us, O Lord, in all our doings with your most gracious favour, And further us with your continual help, that in all our works, begun, continued, and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name and finally, by your mercy, obtain everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I love this prayer. It reorients me every day to what's really going on as I go about my daily tasks. It casts a vision of God graciously going in front of us like he did before the people of Israel in a cloud by day, in a pillar of fire by night, and constantly leading us forward or furthering us. The purpose of this is that by doing everything in the awareness of God's constant supervision and help, our works begun, continued, and ended in him, then the glory for our works might go to him, not to us. And that by his mercy alone, the final outcome might be everlasting life through Jesus Christ. Again, there's astonishing theological depth in such a short prayer. And like so many of the BCP prayers, praying this short collect regularly, not only by God's grace, calls forth that gracious divine help and supervision that I need, But it teaches me to keep trusting him and looking to him in everything. In other words, these prayers keep teaching me what prayer really is. A deep trust in God through Jesus Christ put into words. I hope you enjoyed those reflections about some of the wonderful prayers of the Book of Common Prayer, the BCP. If you have your own favourite BCP prayers, send them in. It would be great to share them with each other. I'll include them in next week's edition. And if you'd like to get into the Book of Common Prayer a little bit more, or perhaps even use it as a resource for your own daily prayer and Bible reading, or family prayer and Bible reading, and if you don't have a printed copy available, or you don't really know your way around the printed Book of Common Prayer, there's a website you can go to at churchofengland.org. If you just go across to the web edition of this post at the truth. online, you can see a link there to that site, or just go to churchofengland.org and search for daily services, and it will give you a service of morning prayer or daily prayer or evening prayer for every day of the year when you just click on that day. It gives you the option to choose the traditional or the contemporary form of these um, services. Choose the traditional form. Uh, It'll give you uh, the rich content of the Book of Common Prayer, the Reformation book, uh, rather than some of the slightly more um, wishy-washy versions that have been uh, brought out since. Now you'll find the full thing that's listed there each day a lot. It may be too long or too much for your daily uh, devotional time, especially the quantity of psalms and Bible readings that are listed. Uh, but the material is all there ordered for you to pick your way through and the prayers for every day are set down there so that you get to pray these rich prayers. So check it out at churchofengland.org. Well, that's about it for this week. I hope you enjoyed those prayers and that it stimulates you not only to pray them but to dig into the Book of Common Prayer and mine, its it's rich resources. Thanks for being here again. I'm Tony Payne. Bye for now.